Hey guys, welcome back to the Perspective Podcast. It's Julia here. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. For this episode, we're going to be talking about Julia and Max's perspectives on Ishmael, a novel by Daniel Quinn. Today we're going to be exploring our reactions, emotions, and thoughts about Ishmael and how we think it will affect our lives after reading the book. Hey guys, it's Max. I'm a freshman at LMU studying film production and history. I'm going to give you a brief summary about Ishmael for those of you who have not read the book. Ishmael tells the story of a captive gorilla who gives life advice to our protagonist and explains to him that there are two narratives competing against each other in the world. The two narratives are the takers and the leavers. The takers is our modern society who takes from the world without giving anything back. The leavers are those who understand their place in the world. As discussed in the end of the book, the leavers are those who live in the hands of the gods. There are three main themes in the novel, captivity, identity, and the one me and Julia are going to be exploring, that man does not know how he ought to live. And obviously the three major themes have equal importance in the novel, but to Max and I, the main theme of man not knowing how to live is most important because according to Ishmael in the novel, we're in the sixth major extinction right now. In an environmental stance, things in the world are really horrible. In a violent stance, things are horrible with all the shootings and murders. And there's a huge disconnect where people don't know how to live. And this is important because if we keep on keeping on like this, we're going to drive ourselves into the ground. Humans won't have a place to live anymore. There will be too much violence to even leave our houses. We won't have clean air because of all the carbon dioxide and pollution in the environment. We will be driven to extinction if we don't find a way to change this. Max and I both have a very specific common characteristic and belief between us. We're both Christian and we're raised Christian our entire lives, and we want to put a religious aspect on our perspective of this book. So this is Julia and Max's perspective on Ishmael. So in the novel, a big theme is mother culture, this underlying inherent sense that all humans have, or at least all takers have, of how the world is supposed to work. There's a quote on page 61 that states, when man appeared, creation came to an end because its objective had been reached. Action to these two things, mother culture and the fact that creation was made for man, uh, kind of rest on the edge of both being Christian and as a scholar. What mother culture represents is this idea that humans are meant to take over the world, hence the term takers that humans are meant to be in control of the world and not live in harmony with it. There's this underlying sense that I see very apparent in our culture that humans are meant to control our food supply enough that we are able to not be subject to the will of the gods anymore. Some, this idea of freedom that we can be our own god seems very apparent both in the taker culture and in the society that I see around us. My next thought revolves around creation coming to an end after man appearing and as a Christian reacting to that. While in the Christian doctrine, it is still coherent that creation ended once man 
appeared, man was never called to destroy the world. It was never called to be a disruption. It was always meant to be a caretaker. In this sense, the Bible encourages us to be a lot more like leavers than it does to be takers. Another quote that really stuck out to me was on page 235, when it talks about takers all believe that however bad things are now, they're still infinitely preferable to what came before. This shows a lack of human understanding of why we were created and what our purpose is. The Bible is very clear that we are all meant to serve God and love others. But in our modern day culture, what we're all told to do is take and take and take and consume with no idea of leaving anything for the next generation. This also connects to the overall theme of man not knowing what he ought to do and needing inspiration from outside sources in order to save the world. So Julia, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Max, I totally agree with you. And going back to the first quote that after man was created, all of creation came to an end. I actually agree with that and go against what Ishmael said, because I think that each new discovery is only being discovered because we didn't know it existed before. I don't necessarily think that each thing is just spawning into existence and that it's being created at the moment that we're discovering it. It's only just being known to us, but it doesn't mean that it's being formed at that moment. And I think that obviously things are going to evolve and change, but at this point that there's not really going to be any new spawns of random creatures or organisms. So I actually believe that quote and go against what Ishmael says. So as Christians, it's true that creation came to an end when man appeared. What's not true is how our society interpreted it. Our society tells us that taking and self-centered actions are what's necessary in order to fulfill man's destiny. What God says is that we should all focus on loving and serving others. So in this sense, man was created at the end of creation in order to oversee and leave things for the next generation and for the world. It was never meant to destroy it. And initial emotions with this topic, it's really hard as a person, not even just as a Christian, but as a person in general, to see so many takers when morally, to me, I feel like the right thing to do is to serve others. And it's not to be a taker. It's to give back and help others and see other people for who they really are and to not judge others by their identities made by mother culture because by doing all these things this is how you become fulfilled yourself and i agree with ishmael that we shouldn't be takers that that's not the way to live and that we should leave things and give back and not take more than what we ought to one of my emotional reactions came when i read a quote on page 256 when Ishmael explains that to enact a story is to live so as to make it come true. For me, this elicited a strong emotional reaction as I see around me in the world every day, people wanting to gain their own success regardless of how other people feel, of how it affects others, or the consequences globally as well. And that's true, people are so cutthroat that they'll do anything, even sacrifice moral constructs and concepts in order to gain what they think is right for them to succeed and to get to that next level. They envision the story that they want to come true of them finding great success in this prison that is taker culture. And so it comes true and they step on the backs and they destroy our world because 
humans don't understand what purpose we were created for. So then what purpose do you think we were created for? How do we go forth in fixing that? And what do you think is the first step for that? I think the first step in changing the world is first changing our own lives and taking a deep dive into our inner self and trying to figure out where in our life are we enacting taker culture improperly or where we have a story that we hope to come true that we don't actually understand the full consequences of. I totally agree. And I think it's the conscious realization that you are taking because I feel like before this book, I never realized how much maybe I was taking from the world, even in the smallest ways. Like having, always wanting maybe the next iPhone. There's so many small ways that I am taking and taking away from the world that by reading this book, it even helps me to realize. But it's so much more than that. It's the conscious practice of giving back and saying, I don't need that. What I have is enough. I think there's a big gap in taker culture to give back and be satisfied. There's this idea of never-ending consumption will make you happier, and that the new iPhone will make you happier, that a nicer car will make you happier, that 100,000 more dollars will make you happier, and it will make you more fulfilled. Mother Culture has told us that this idea of what humans ought to do is endlessly pursue consumption. And what this leads to is we're trapped on this treadmill that we can't get off of, where we're running after things that don't matter, and it leaves us feeling empty, it leaves us destroying the world, and it leaves us not sure what, we're, what we should do with our lives. And obviously this is an issue because when we don't live at the mercy of the world, there isn't an endless supply of quantity of goods that we need to survive. That when we're still consuming and still adding more, and in Ishmael I know it talked about how when more food is made each year, it's only adding to our population growth. So things are only getting worse. There's no way to make them better unless we make that specific change that Ishmael's talking about. And by becoming leavers, we can actually save the world. I, so my emotional reaction to hearing all this is definitely fearful because then what comes of the world if people don't accept the lever solution and the lever identity that is the only thing that's going to save us then what do we just drive us into our own extinction because i feel like that would be pretty foolish but also then what are the odds that every single person on earth is convinced of this method to save us because i don't think those odds are very high either so after reading the whole book i'm very fearful for the future of the world and scared of what is to come and even though it won't affect me directly it's still future generations and each generation to the next is being affected a little more each time and there also is a big truth in the fact that giving back also makes you fulfilled so when you focus on that and lead with that instead of taking there's two ways to find happiness and personally i don't even find happiness in the sense of material items the only thing i feel fulfilled with is serving and giving back so Half of that to me doesn't make sense just because I don't really experience the material happiness that a lot of society claims to feel. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think there's this idea that humans inherently deserve something. And so I think what Daniel Quinn did a very interesting job of was making Ishmael a gorilla, a animal that is often seen as less than, less intelligent, a close relative to humans, but still inferior. 
and placing him with all the wisdom in this book. And so it forces the reader to understand an inherent humility that we all have to take in order to understand our problems before going out to fix the world. My initial reaction to Ishmael being a gorilla was a little bit of shock and confusion. I wasn't sure why the mentor in the story would be somebody of quote-unquote inferior intelligence. But as I continued to read, I realized that the purpose this was serving was that humans need to look to nature and need to look in history and need to look outside of themselves in order to understand what they ought to do. Because we've been searching in ourselves to make ourselves our own gods for purpose, for meaning, for power, for satisfaction. And we haven't found that yet. I think it's interesting, too, when Ishmael describes that man had lived for three million years without any problem. And then this idea of mother culture came into the taker's head, and suddenly we were put on a different story. We were put on a different idea of what man was meant to do, namely take until there's nothing left. And that's what we've been doing. And while we're close to the end, we're not at the end. And this is one of our last efforts or one of our last opportunities in order to make a conscious effort to save the world before it's too late because this idea of mother culture has been de destroying Earth for 10,000 years. And another concept that comes with Ishmael being the mentor of the story and being a gorilla is the idea of living at the mercy of the world and not controlling the world. Because animals right now, assuming that all people right now are takers, animals are the only things that live at the mercy of the world. They don't go to the grocery store. They can't control where they get their food from. They take only what they need from the world. And I think that we have a lot to learn from the animals in this way and that that is why an animal is the mentor in this case. And it also, from a religious perspective, Max and I both live at the mercy of God, which in a sense is also the world because God made the world. I think one of the themes that surprised me and how closely it related to Christianity from this atheistic perspective is that it says that you are not your own God. And when you try to be your own God, you end up becoming a taker who consumes with out regard for anybody else. It's this idea that man has eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and now has this mother culture God-given right to live as though they understood the proper difference between right and wrong. One of my emotional reactions to this after reading the book was even though it was written from an atheist perspective, one of the claims that I took away from it was that we should live as if God existed because in the long run, it's better off for humanity and the world. This would get us out of the taker mindset of living for yourself and into more of a lever mindset of understanding the purpose of humanity, namely to give back to the world and to serve others. And after hearing you say that, Max, I completely agree. That's another claim that I definitely took away. But I thought about this. By living at the mercy of the world, what do you lose by not living the life of a taker? So by not taking, what do you gain? And also, what do you lose in each sense? By not taking, I think what you gain is the sense of purpose. You gain the sense of what man ought to do. When you live for yourself, you're a ship without a rudder. 
you're just floating in the water, but you are uniquely yourself. But when you join something bigger than you, like serving the world or serving a god, what you gain is a sense of purpose, and you have this idea of what man ought to do. And in a sense, that's more fulfilling than any independence could ever give you. And to answer my own question, I think you gain the ability to not choose. And I think that that's a plus, a positive and not a negative, because when you have all the choices in front of you simply of like, where do I eat dinner? You can't ever give back in that sense. And you're always going to take more than you need just by having that choice. Like you don't need two choices in order to take what you need. And by living at the mercy of the world, you take everything for what it is. So in an animalistic sense, if you are a lion and you need to eat your one animal that comes that you have to eat, that like that's what you're going to take. You don't have any other choices. You're only going to take what you need to survive. And by eliminating that choice, it fulfills you to know that this is the right choice. And by knowing that it's the right choice, you don't think about the differences and the different outcomes and the different opportunities because you know you're doing the right thing that was provided for you by the I think that's very true of lever culture in the sense of when an antelope comes, that's our antelope. If we don't have an antelope, then we'll have a rabbit. And it's content and it appreciates the differences. In taker culture, it divides us further by race, by class, by gender, and it makes our differences issues and it makes them problematic. And I think this is why in taker culture, there's so much division and there's so much conflict because any difference is seemed as some sort of inferiority because taker culture is so focused on comparison between good and evil because man is able to determine the better between right and wrong. And I think lever culture unites everyone, that when everyone is given the same opportunity by the world, in the sense that everyone is going to survive and is going to be given that chance and that option without any other choices, it makes every it equalizes everyone it brings everyone to the same playing field and stops that division that our world really is feeling today so something related more to the identity front is at the end of the book ishmael dies and our protagonist is left in some sort of identity crisis for this long he was a student he was a pupil trying to understand the world asking for guidance about how he is supposed to live and now that he got that guidance, he has to morph from a pupil into somebody of action. And this is where a lot of people struggle. And even in the book, it addresses that Ishmael's former pupils had never actually overcome this step of, well, great, now I know this, and how do I change the world? Well, Ishmael's advice is to tell 100 people and encourage them to tell 100 people that humanity is not living as it's meant to. And here's how it's meant to live. So to connect this to the next main topic of identity and identity in Ishmael, um, Max and I both found our identity in God and as a Christian. And this is our purpose as a Christian to serve others. And it's because of our purpose that we have an identity and because of our identity that we are given a purpose. And when people don't have a purpose in life, there is no identity. And when there is no identity, it's hard to find that purpose and feel fulfilled by that purpose if you're not streamlining towards what you are told to do under that identity. I think often in our world right now, we 
have identity in things that aren't purpose. We have identity as conservative or liberal. We have identity in our race as white or black. We have identity in our nationality as American or English or Slovenian. But we don't have identity in what we're meant to do. So we have this sense of where we're supposed to be, but we don't have this sense of who we are and what's the right way to live. And I think this is what's causing a lot of the conflict in our world, is that we have a whole bunch of clashing identities without a commonality of being human. We have no respect for other people just because they're human. And this leads to destruction. This leads to even more taking. And this leaves us in a state where our environment is suffering and we can't all get on board because we don't share a common identity. It's an issue that's staring us in the face and yet when everybody knows that it's happening, we're still not all able to figure out a solution even though we agree that there's the same problem. And another issue and complaint I have with this book and the idea that in order to fix humanity, all people need to identify as leapers is that there are so many different identities and different beliefs that some people are gonna believe that being a lever isn't the way, that it's impossible to unite everyone under one cause, even if it is for the whole good of the earth. Think that it's more of a shared purpose that something needs to be done, and it's more differing in how we do that and in the identity of how people believe it should be done. And because we have different purposes because of our identities, it's hard for us to figure out the problem, and it's because of all the differing purposes that causes us to have trouble to figure out the problem. And Ishmael also tells us that identities are forced upon people. And when they're forced upon people, it makes these people captives because they can't form their own identities. And my initial reaction to this was, wow, what identities are forced on me? Um, what is holding me captive? And a couple that I thought of are the what mother culture says about Christians that because I'm a Christian, I hate gay people, that because I'm a Christian, I can't have fun, that because I'm a Christian, I'm a Republican, and that so I'm a woman, I'm weaker. And in my place in life right now as a college student that's a freshman that's just starting this new chapter, this identity and the idea that one should break free of these captivities to form their own identities really resonated with me that what is going on in the world is not right. And to change that, you have to break free of the identities of the culture forced around you. And Max and I are in this perfect place to do so. We're coming to college where practically no one knows us. We can be whoever we want to be. We can create whatever image we want for ourselves. And that's also the same as what the world needs to do. It needs to break free of the captivity of the idea that material can bring you happiness, that by taking more, you are better off. And it needs to create a new identity that what you have is enough and that you don't need more than only what you innately need to survive. I think as a history major, I often try to relate things to the past and this idea of mother culture forcing names and stereotypes upon people is very prevalent and you can see it in this taker history. Think of for the longest time, being black was synonymous with being enslaved. Think about indigenous peoples and how they were referred to as wild and unrestrained and uncivilized. 
without ever taking a chance to understand what their culture is. And in the novel, this is related to Ishmael, as he is a gorilla, and he is described as wild and dangerous, without ever actually knowing what his purpose and perspective on Earth is. Taker culture is very sensitive to any disagreement. And so the second somebody from the lever mindset tries to explain that life might not be all about you, life might not be all about taking, Taker culture freaks out and says you're wrong and starts insulting them with names without understanding because that is the foundational belief is that man knows the difference between right and wrong and is superior. And any disagreement with that is seen as a vital attack on what the takers believe. Right? Because there's this idea that every civilized entity understands that taking is a good thing. A part that really surprised me in the novel when I thought about it is every alien civilization is a taker. Every alien civilization in fiction is seen from the same mindset of how we see ourselves as intelligent beings trying to live a better life by taking over the world instead of living in harmony with the world. And when I realized that, I realized how prevalent taker culture is in our society. That even in fiction, we can't imagine a fictional world where the levers could be correct. A fictional world in where living in harmony with the world is better than living for yourself. And also in the novel, Daniel Quinn talked about how indigenous people long ago, they were all levers. And when one tribe crossed another tribe's boundary, the tribe whose boundary they crossed, they would come and attack them. And that there were consequences for taking more than you need. But the takers see this and they say that when you take more than you need, it's good because you're depending upon yourself for success and to gain more. But this is wrong because people are supposed to live in harmony with it, not to destroy what was already created. I think one of the things that really challenged me about Ishmael was this idea of mother culture and how it ties into our identity. In the novel, it explains that humans were corrupted when they listened to mother culture. And that's why if we choose to not live in a taker mindset and we go back to understanding um, our place in the world, that we'll be better off. What I didn't understand was this idea of humans being corrupted by mother culture because I didn't know where it came from. I wasn't sure where mother culture was established from the beginning of time and it's some sort of heavenly deity or it was created by humans. And if mother culture is corruptive and it was created by humans, well then humans are actually the cause of their own corruption. And if humans created something that corrupts themselves, well then they were inherently corrupt from the beginning. And it's something that I've been wrestling with and trying to understand of how humans also try to self-define their place in the world instead of allowing other people and a guiding purpose in life create their identity. I think when we live too closely with mother culture, we get tied into this idea of being superior just because we're human, of being the point of creation just because this is who we are. I completely agree. And I also feel like when the takers are attacked by other perspectives, they suppress the leaver's 
even more. Take, for example, the Spanish coming and conquering all of California. When their religion of Catholicism was attacked, they forced it upon the indigenous people that were there, who were the leavers, and the Spanish were the takers. They take even more than they should and force their ideals upon others and force the identities upon others. It's also interesting that in chapter 9, Ishmael does not appear on the other side of the glass. That Ishmael and the protagonist are of equal place in their role of the story. That once the protagonist gets to a certain point of understanding that there is uh, an unspoken law that you should not take more than what you need and that there is a way that you can live without becoming extinct that Ishmael becomes equal with the protagonist, that there isn't that boundary or that border that separates them anymore. And I think this conveys that once you understand that there's a way for humans to not become extinct, that you switch from a taker to the lever, that once that understanding is met and once you understand what your next steps are to do that, that's when the switch occurs and that's when everything is equalized. I think thematically, too, this idea of him being right beside uh, Ishmael, right beside our protagonist, and not on the other side of the glass, also connects to this idea of living in harmony with others, right? Like, when a lion is full, the gazelles are not afraid of the lion, because at that time, it is not its time to die. And so I think it is very symbolic of what Ishmael is trying to convey to protagonist and the readers in that we are not meant to live in fear or in competition but rather live with and for others and this idea of living with and for others is a very christian idea um, and a very christian oriented mindset and purpose in life to live and your only purpose in life is to serve and help others and i think it's interesting that that this has been lost in our society. At least it's been drifting away. And Ishmael is reverting us back to this idea of living in communities, with communities, for communities. And that when we start living for ourselves, when we live as a community of one, we create this space where it's hard for us to fully comprehend other people and fully comprehend our impact on the world because we've been living in such a self-centered mindset. But when we live in communities, we feel and we appreciate and we understand as a part of the community. So what affects the community affects us. And so we've become so individualized that we've lost this idea of humanity. And so when you look at our global environmental crisis, the reason we can't get all on board is because we're focusing on ourselves and we're focusing on what we can do for us, not what we can do for others. And if we thought about it from much more holistic and a much more Christian perspective, I think there would be more support universally for the idea of saving our planet. And like Max said, he had his own questions about it and his own complications when he read Ishmael. I had my own, but with the concept of what makes man man and how does man become man. So Ishmael says that man becomes man by living in the hands of God because they evolve. So my question is, how does man become man by living in the hands of gods? And Ishmael says that when you know that takers 
say that we know good and evil as well, the, as well as the gods, so there's no need for us to live in their hands. And from now on, that people will decide who lives and dies on this planet, not the gods. But in some way, don't they have an effect on who lives and dies? Like, don't their own decisions contribute to who lives and dies, not necessarily what the gods say is going to happen? Like, aren't their own choices also making what affects them? Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to morality, if humans judge themselves as judge, jury, and executioner as the final um, understanding of what is right and what is wrong, then the only thing we have respect for is ourself and even other people are inferior to that. And so there's a lack of humility there. There's a lack of reverence for something greater than yourself. And when you look towards people who live in the hands of gods and how they evolve, I think it's because they don't think they know everything. And so they allow themselves to evolve. I don't think takers are allowing themselves to evolve. It's like if somebody thought they knew everything, then they would never learn anything because they have that mindset of all the knowledge that could possibly be learned is in their head. But somebody who feels like they know nothing or somebody who is content with the idea of learning actually will grow a lot further and a lot closer to their full potential because they have a humility and they have an understanding that there are things outside of themselves that are more important, that maybe the world doesn't revolve around us. So what you're saying is by living at the mercy of the world, then you can really learn and evolve. Because if you don't, then you're only taking what you think is right? I think so. I think if the world revolves around you, then as long as you're doing okay, that's all right, because you're the biggest priority. But when there's something more important than yourself, then that takes precedence over how you feel, over how you think, over how you interact with the world, because there's a higher order that you have to respond to. And so I think if you live in the hands of yourself, instead of living in the hands of the, the gods, you're not going to evolve because, well, what else is there left to evolve to? If you're the greatest thing ever, then you're never going to become anything greater. But don't the experiences that you still have as the greatest thing ever change you? And don't those decisions every day still change you? Like, that's the issue I have with it. And it says that on 255, from now on, we will decide who lives and who dies on this planet, not the gods as the view of the takers. And I kind of agree with that in a sense because your own decisions do contribute to the fact of when you die. And yes, God has a plan for when you will die and God knows when you will die. But if you... Like, you can also stray off the path of God and make a decision that wasn't intended for you because we have free will. But yes, God knew you were going to make that decision. But then at the same time, if you get in a car without a seatbelt on and then suddenly someone crashes into you because they made a different decision, then aren't you in control and it's not the free will? I think that's where the flaw in the mother culture concept is, is that we still live subject to the world and the only way that humans are going to fully actualize as humans as it talks about in the book is fully controlling the world where there's no more weather storms there's nothing to fear outside because humans are fully in control but we're not we're still in subject in we're still under the control of mother nature um, and something larger than us and so 
the dangerous part of taker culture is thinking that, we, that we're smarter than we are and thinking that we're more important than we are and determining us as the final prosecutor instead of understanding that there's a community that we have to res, uh, respond to, that there is a God whose orders we have to follow. And when you follow something that's bigger than yourself, you're able to not focus so much on yourself and place an undue burden that humans are not able to understand of what is right and what is wrong. All we're called to do is just live in service of others. Something else that kind of I was wrestling with throughout reading the book and something that I think is going to kind of affect how I live my life is this idea of the agricultural revolution and when humans veered off from being leavers for three million years and became takers, it's sort of what happened at that moment is never really addressed in the book. Like what specifically changed? Was there a decision or did it just sort of naturally happen? And if it sort of naturally happened, then why did it happen to humans and nobody else? I'm still wrestling with, without this explanation of God being the answer, of humans just being coincidentally the first creature to become conscious enough to maybe consider themselves greater than the gods. But it doesn't ever address the fact that it just sort of happened without any explanation, um, either religious or scientific. And at the same time, like, why agriculture? Like, why was that the biggest start? Because people needed food to eat and survive, but there was also food before that to have them eat and survive. So then then what is it? It is like an innate desire to want more and to have more. So the agriculture revolution, then maybe it was because, like, the food that was there wasn't enough, that the mercy of the world didn't supply. But then the laws of Ishmael tells us that it, would supply because the world provides and it wants the human race to continue on. But then, yeah, like you said, what point was there to even have an agricultural revolution if what they have was enough? Therefore, like it makes leads me to believe that there is the innate desire to want and need more. Yeah, because if there wasn't a taker culture already within humans innately somehow, if it didn't exist before the agricultural revolution, well, then there would be no point to have an agricultural revolution because that thought would be so foreign to the minds of the leavers, just as it is when uh, Ishmael and our narrator kind of have the little role-playing game. So I think it's very interesting to just kind of think about the purpose of the agricultural revolution. If, human, if humans had never thought in three million years before that they were better than the gods, what changed? Do they just happen to some like stumble upon making corn and all of a sudden you're like, all right, this fixes ev everything. Now we can finally fulfill our true purpose. It wasn't three million years of trial and error trying to figure out how to succeed at the agricultural revolution. It just happened one day. And why it happened one day without a religious explanation is something I'm still wrestling with in the book. And on page 262, I'm really struggling with the idea of the taker culture being innately in us. And on 262, it, it's explaining what leavers want. And it says people need something positive to work for. They need a vision of something. And they're talking about the vision of fixing the world. And so they're still wanting more. They're still wanting to work for something. And it says they need. So it's still that taker 
mentality of needing something more and needing to fix something and always having that that is ingrained in the lever culture and that's an interesting concept i think the difference between the levers and takers in that sense is that the levers need something for the community and for something greater than themselves while the takers focus very self-centered and about the idea of how you ought to live the takers revolve it around themselves whereas the the levers revolve revolve it around their community but that still begs the question why do humans need more because we don't live like animals and even levers don't live like animals there's something that's clicked before the agricultural revolution that separates us and maybe that's just my taker mindset kind of imposing that upon the the levers so i still feel special but i truly see a difference in levers living communally and being okay to not settle down and develop versus takers wanting to develop it's still the same mindset of wanting more either more community more connection with their god more happiness more purpose humans always seek and desire a purpose whereas it feels like animals just go and live about their lives so what is it about humans that innately calls us to find purpose to need something more in life is something that i'm still struggling with I think it's the desire for community and the desire to have that community surrounded by you. It's like everyone's contribution of ideas that comes together to form purpose for living. And I think that because on 262 it says that leavers need a vision of something that will make the world better, I think it implies that when you need something but for the good of others, if you need something to serve others better, then that need is okay. But then that still is the taker mentality of needing something. So that's a huge issue that you and I both have with the book. Yeah, because I think as Christians, we are taught kind of from the beginning, since we both grew up at Sunday school and things like that, that humans were created for a special reason, that we are set apart, that we were made on our own day, um, that we are made in God's image. And so this idea of being set apart gives us a responsibility. And when you have responsibility, I think that's what drives you toward purpose. And that's what drives you toward trying to live a life of meaning and live a good, well-lived life of and for others, is that we're not just floating around. We're not just experiencing life. We're called to be doing something for others. And it's something like, yeah, I think you're talking about. As Christians, it's an issue I have with the book is that it doesn't ever explain why humans still need something or why even leavers need a purpose. It's not like they just exist. They just find their purpose outside of themselves, mm-hmm. whereas takers focus very much on the individual. Then is it the identity? Because with the purpose, you have an identity. So then is it the, the identity of being a lever that gives them the purpose or the identity of having a religion that gives them the purpose? That's another question I have, and I think, yes, in a way it does, because the concept of leaving it all at the mercy of the world is enough, but then where does that purpose come from to even have that idea in the first place? Yeah, right. It kind of goes back to even before the agricultural revolution, humans were still living in the hands of gods, but that was our purpose, was to live in the hands of gods. It wasn't like we were just existing. Because if we were just existing, 
then there was then there's no possibility for us to become takers because it was it's not in our nature at all and things don't just happen for any reason it can't contradict human nature and so at some point that our evolution was expanded and it sped up our taker mentality after the agricultural revolution but to say it never existed seems kind of self-contradictory because then where else did it come from where did this idea of becoming a taker spawn from if there's nothing more if there's no god if there's no tree of good and evil and if it's not inherently within us and it comes from mother culture which is something that we kind of perpetuated mm -hmm. where does this idea of being a taker come from is something i don't find an answer in, in the book mm -hmm. and where does all of the purpose come from itself and that's why i think if it's not within you if you're not having the purpose within you then it has to come from outside of you and that's why I believe so strongly in Christianity and not necessarily Christianity itself like yes I am a Christian but in religion itself that there has to be that purpose in order to do anything in life and to direct that purpose for good as believers intended it to and Ishmael also claims that this is the way we should live and that the only way to do this is by spreading the information so that there can be a change in the world and going off of that if Ishmael succeeds and that everyone in the world has the idea of being a lever and converts from being a taker to a lever my question is then is it ever possible to become fully a lever if that purpose of wanting more is inside of you on page 13 of ishmael it says five severed fingers do not make a hand so it has all the different parts of a hand and but it doesn't actually make a hand and it can't fun function exactly like a hand because those parts have been severed so because we have that part of being a taker inside of us of needing more, I think it's impossible to ever fully be a lever and to ever fix the ways of the world because we have that innately inside of us. And because we've once experienced being a taker, it's still going to be ingrained in us. Just like all of the social construct issues are still ingrained in society, that doesn't just go away with hard work. It's been thousands of years, and there still are black hate crimes. There's still... Um, man like man over women with men getting paid more there's still all of these issues that are ingrained and it doesn't go away so therefore i think it's impossible to ever fully convert the entire world to levers yeah you sound like our protagonist fairly <laughs> pessimistic which i think i might be too because it's hard to kind of confront the environmental crisis which is talked about directly in this book alongside mass incarceration and other issues um but on the environmental front, it's a issue that plagues all of humanity. And it says that you guys are gonna end soon if you do nothing about it. And we can't come as a collective people, as a collective species, and try to fix our problems because the taker mindset is so ingrained in us. And so I understand what you're saying about trying to put things back together, but one of the compliments I think the book does is it does a great job of addressing the issue and kind of explaining that just thinking it's going to be an easy solution is naive and that we really have to educate ourselves. We really have to tell a hundred people and tell a hundred more and that if it works great, but it's a uphill battle that we all have to fight together. And so I think those of us who are on board, those of us who are on the same page, um, who are on the same side of the whole thing must continue to fight and must continue to help people understand that 
one of the purposes that the best thing for them to do is help save our planet because there's no point in just letting it die. Um, although that's a very taker mindset thing. And obviously I don't want to be a taker. I want to give back, especially as a Christian, I want to give back and I want to be a believer and I want to not take more than what I need. And I know that the book says that in order to be a lever and to make the change in the world, you have to have that community and that found identity. And so although I think like my issue with the book is that it's not completely possible to be 100% a lever, I think by having that community of levers that there can be change made. That maybe not everything will be solved, but it'll, be, it'll come to a point where maybe the world can be saved. Yeah, and I think this is sort of our last topic of how does this affect our life? Mm -hmm. Like, so what's a practical thing that we can do for it? On page 262, it talks about that we need to have a vision of the world and of ourselves that inspires us in order to create the change that we wish to see, that we wish to see in the world. We have to find something where humans are still at the center because of our taker mentality um, and that humans are going to be praised for it. But what are some practical things that you can do um, and that we can just kind of as a community of people who want to help, as people who see the issues and want to change them, what are some practical tips and maybe things that we can do? And then what are some things that you're planning on doing? Um, and like just overall, how will this affect your life? So I think with the taker mentality of having the people be the center, as a Christian, I feel like the people are the center because mm -hmm. you're called as a person to tell others about God. Mm -hmm. So I think by doing that, it's the same way as becoming a leader by telling others about it, that, hey, there is another way. I think that that's how it can be changed, but it's not as easy as just sitting down like Ishmael did and explaining all of this. I don't think that that's the way to do it or the most mm -hmm. proactive way to do it. I think that maybe not giving into the identities of mother culture and taking a step outside of those so that you aren't held captive by mother culture, I think that that's a way to take a step towards believers. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think having Ishmael explain it all of us is very vital and it's very helpful in that we can use his roadmap as our plan of attack for kind of fixing the world at large. Um, but I think for me, it's just being open to listening, being open to change. I think my biggest takeaway of how this book is gonna change my life is just how I interact with people and interact with others and not sort of viewing everything as being a taker. And if it doesn't serve the purpose of making my life better, then it is, then it serves no purpose at all. Mm -hmm. Like that there's, there's things that matter outside of myself. And even as a Christian, I think it's easy to get caught up in the idea of me, myself and I, instead of focusing on the greater good instead of focusing on things that matter because there's something about life that is larger than us that is more impactful than us that is more important than us and so i think this book kind of gave me even as, as a christian a newfound reverence for god and a newfound appreciation for what god represents and that he's something outside of myself and that whenever i serve myself i fail but when i serve god i succeed and when i use his power I'm able to become a better person, um, a person serving a purpose, a person who seeks to live a good life by helping others. And so I think I'm just kind of going to double down on my mission as a Christian to help others, to listen to others, to be there for others, and to not be ashamed of who I am, to not be 
ashamed of the things that I believe in, but rather be proactive and kind of help our communities around us by doing service, by sharing my story as a person with a heart condition and who's been through a lot, by being able to provide a perspective and more importantly, being able to listen to a perspective because that's what it's all about is being able to come together as a community. And so I think a very practical thing for all of us to do after reading Ishmael is grow closer as a community as we're not gonna solve this individually, but communities have power, right? Leavers succeed because they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And so get this selfish arrogance out of my head and put myself into a community that helps me become a better person, that is driven toward something more. So whether it is a community at school, a community at my church, a community that I wanna create, something needs to be done in my life where I look and wanna be around others in order to make my life better instead of trying to use others and manipulate them for my own purposes. I'm gonna to try to live with and for others a lot more by seeking out community, by becoming a very active member in a community, and by reevaluating the ways that I look at other people and using their perspective as a way to complement and help my life give have purpose. Completely, and I think my big takeaways and how it'll affect my life overall is kind of similar to yours. We didn't mention this yet um, in this recording, but there also was a part of the book with the creation myth, and I really took away um, a lot from that story. And it's the idea that the concept of creation is a myth, that whoever says creation happened in whatever way it happened, that's not entirely true and that there's many ways to look at it, but that the people speaking how their own creation happened believe that it's fact. Um, but technically there are many ways that creation could have happened where I believe my way that God created man, um, but that technically this could be a myth to someone else who doesn't believe the same thing as me. And I think my biggest takeaway is to listen to others and to understand the history and why they are thinking the ways that they are thinking. Because if I understand the root of their thoughts and the history and the past experiences that come behind them, I can better understand their perspective as a person and then better understand my different perspective. I think by understanding others more, you're able to better understand yourself and your own ways of thinking because you take away pieces of information from listening to others. And this book was also just a reminder to live at the mercy of the world. That's just my biggest takeaway overall, that even the bad things that happen in life, that there is a plan and that the world the word, the world will provide no matter what, that I don't need a choice to be happy and to succeed, that sometimes doors open and they open for a reason that, and that that is the path because the world does provide through and through. And as a Christian, that God provides and that that is a guarantee. Another concept that was a huge takeaway for me is that there's no moral right and wrong if there's two different perspectives that both people can be right at the same time and this comes kind of from the idea of the creation myth again that there isn't answers for everything and that's okay that because by living at the mercy of the world the answers will be provided and that sometimes you don't even need the answers that you're still going to live and you can still carry on your life without the answers and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing because I want answers and I'm curious and I always want to learn more, but that that's not always how the world works. That it's impossible to know the real reason why the universe was created. But sometimes I don't 
we don't need to know. But I would love to know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely an internal struggle that this book has made me realize. Yeah. And this is something that the book didn't set out to prove, and so I'm not going to criticize it for it. But it doesn't explain why being a taker is bad. It just sort of assumes that we have that inherent understanding from somewhere, and that mother culture whispers negative things into our ear like the devil on our shoulder. But it doesn't explain why that's bad, why there's something about it that I think everybody reading the book can be like, oh yeah, I see that our planet's struggling right now. I see that we've been terrible to each other throughout history. I see that we are very intolerant on the whole, and that that's a terrible thing. But it doesn't explain why that's a terrible thing. Um, But overall, I really liked the book. I thought it did a really um, good job of providing a unique perspective on how we view our modern day culture, kind of through the lens of a gorilla and through the lens of this idea of takers and leavers and what our society is doing wrong and answering the question of why after three million years, as the book talks about, uh, why now is our world coming to an end? Like what has changed? And it's been humans. It's been this idea of perpetuating competition, of perpetuating self-excellence, of expecting that we are the judges of good and evil instead of living for a higher purpose. And so the book was very eye-opening to me. I really enjoyed it. I think it gave me a lot to think about and a lot to question. And I thought it was a very well-written and uh, creative way to explore the issues of our modern-day society. And this is my last note on the book and last thought on it. And I think that the reason the book doesn't explain why takers are bad is because the inherent core of being a taker of needing more isn't bad if it's done in the right way. And that was a big takeaway where I can need things. I need supplies to go serve the homeless. I would need food to go serve them. And when you're needing things for a good purpose, it's not bad that materials can be good and that materials can make you happy if you do it in the right way. And I always thought to myself like, oh, materials can't make me happy. That's not the way that I should be serving. But sometimes you need these things to be able to serve. So I think this book really opened both of our eyes. I'm so glad we actually were forced to read it. Because normally I don't like forced books. But this one was actually interesting and made me learn a lot. And I think I was a little skeptical because I think as a Christian, I get sometimes just as me, I'll get defensive and I'll get a little bit like restrained about like, oh, how is it trying to like attack me or prove that it's untrue? But it did a fairly unbiased job of just describing society and describing issues that we see in present day. And there was a lot of Kind of Christian beliefs that I saw and a lot of things that I related to um, and I was just su- surprised at how well done it was and I really enjoyed its perspective on uh, just everything and how creative it was and mother culture and it's definitely something that I'll be rereading in the future and thinking more about. Completely and I thought it was interesting how from an atheist perspective religion is still prevalent mm-hmm. how you have to have something greater than yourself to exist. Yeah. And I completely love that because I definitely get defensive and have a fear of talking about Christianity when these concepts are being brought up just because I don't, I know I'm not going to be disproved, but sometimes I don't feel like explaining myself all the way if it's not going to change the other person's mind. Yeah. But this book definitely gave us both grounds and affirmed religion in both of our lives. Yeah. And there's things that sometimes when religion's attacked, it's because we're both imperfect and we both don't know everything. 
that sometimes we're not wrong, we just don't know why we're right. Uh, but this book did a really good job of just kind of respecting religion for what it was and not poking fun at it and just sort of taking like, hey, there's this humanity issue that we have to solve. There's this humanity problem. And I really appreciated that about the book. Um, and Daniel Quinn, as an author, does a really good job of just saying, hey, here's a problem and it takes a community to solve it. And so I'm not going to ostracize anybody because we're all in this together. And it was a really nice mindset and it set a really nice tone for hopefully some change in the future. And I'm so glad that we were able to talk about both of our issues with the book and actually have a real genuine conversation about it. Because I feel like this conversation has helped me understand the book better and understand what to do with my life better. I, so. I totally agree. So thank you for joining me on the podcast. I hope you guys have a great week and don't forget to live a life of love. Bye.